Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. As always, we've got Mikey back in the studio. Mikey Tyson ready to land <laughs> a couple of knockout blows of how we're going to put together the perfect loan structure. And this is something I know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. So A, I'm going to learn a lot. And B, I'm probably going to have to ask a heap of questions. Perfect. It's an interesting one, eh? Because there's actually not a perfect loan structure. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. do we need to change the title? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, clickbaity title and loan structure is like getting approved is a cool feeling for people but loan structure is like where the rubber meets the road eh? and getting that right is you know if you get it wrong it can be quite costly so let's go to basics i've just brought an eight hundred thousand dollar box of sticks in Not the Auckland. What? oh well, yeah they are yeah. 800 grand now eh? yeah <laughs> In the 09, I need to borrow 600000 for it. Mm. I know that I can get that debt. You guys from Guardian Smith have helped me do that. Now I need to figure out how am I actually going to structure this because mm. I thought I might just float it. I might just float the whole lot. You're going to float the whole bad boy. And hope that I win lotto. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll just pay it off. If you do win lotto, that's a good strategy. Nice. Yeah. But the chances of me winning lotto... One in 38 million. Okay. Yeah. So probably floating it's not that smart. Nah. So... Yeah, when it comes time, we've got 600 grand worth of debt. And then like what everyone wants to know about is what I think about what's going to happen with interest rates. Mm. And if I'm like, if I said to them, I was like, I think they're going to fall in October this year. They'd be like, oh, okay, I'll take the six month rate. And then when it comes off its fixed rate, we'll be able to take the new lower rate. So would they put the whole 600000 on the... Well, yeah, well, they can, but that's not the way to do loan yeah. structure is what I'm oh, saying. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a, that would not be perfect. Yeah. Nah, you, you've got to be a little bit careful because no one knows exactly what's going to happen with interest rates. There's indicators and signs you can look at, but over the space of 20 years of, or 30 years of having your mortgage, the chance of you selecting every mortgage rate right with the period that it's going to rise or fall not going to happen yeah so you might get a couple right uh but i don't think you'll get everyone right so it's more about what's suiting your budget how you're how comfortable you are you can pay it and basically your sleep at night ability sleep at night ability yeah <laughs> what, what is that because you know there were a lot of people a year ago that thought we were at the top of interest rates then and I saw a few economists predicting that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to name any. Yeah. <laughs> and people, when you hear that, when you think you're at the top of an interest rate cycle, you start to believe that you should take the one year because in a year's time they'll be down. Now, if you did that, you'd be getting smoked right now because you were on five and now you're going to nearly seven. Yeah. So then people get upset at whoever they're taking the advice from. While you're watching it, you're like, oh my God, I've made a terrible decision. Yeah. And you can't sleep at night because you know that you're going to get a higher rate. Now, Adrian Orr <laughs> did that to the whole country this time, but um, that's not really to do with the structure. That's just uh, something we have to take on the chin. Yeah. Um, but basically, the longer out the curve you get, the more certain you, you get for a longer time. So you can take a one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year, or a five-year fixed rate or a floating rate or an offset product, or a revolving credit facility, all of those. But basically, if you just want to like sit and forget and have never think about it, not think about the economy, not think about anything, just go to sleep knowing exactly what your repayment is, you can take a five-year rate. So I'd say lock this debt in at this rate, 5.59%, say, just making one up over five years. Yep. 
And for the next five years, that will be my interest rate locked in. The and bank. your repayment. And exactly repayment. the same. So doesn't change. Because I look at it as sort of, um, there's sort of like certainty versus the best. And mm. I, that's what people are always juggling with. They're trying to figure out, they like naturally humans want the best deal, right? Or the best offering. Mm. So when you find out from your mate that their interest rate's, 0.2% less than yours. You're like, oh, why didn't I get that or whatever? But you don't know the whole scenario. But I've, debt in a business sense, or clients will ask me about debt. And I'm like, well, what are you looking for? Are you looking for certainty? Or are you looking to try and magically be able to be like, oh, we got the best deal? Because getting certainty is easy, but getting mm. the best deal or best rate, you can mm. only really get that with hindsight, right? And then how do you know if it's the best rate if you don't know what's going to be happening in six months with interest rates? Yeah. So that's you know, the best rate might have been the one you didn't choose in six months time yeah so like you just you just can't pick that kind of stuff and it's more about um it's making a, it's a little bit like trying to time the housing market of when's the best time to yeah, buy or the share market right? or anything like yeah. you just can't time markets yeah so people are then trying to apply the same thinking to their interest rate mm. oh okay i might roll it off in six months and then because I, my uncle told me that you know CBDCs are going to be in by then. Interest rates are going to be <laughs> negative point two five. Yeah. So like for like gambling, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's, I mean, a shorter term one, you might be hoping that rates are going to come down. And look, to be fair, the one year fixed rate has been extremely successful over the last, I don't know, on average thirty years. So what does that mean? That means just rolling your debt every year. Roll because it's been like the lowest rate in the curve, like one year, two year, up to five years has been the cheapest one as the one year, and then for thirty years, almost every year when it's time to refix, it's been the same or lower. So those rates, effectively, kind of, the banks that sell you those rates. So I, as me borrowing my six hundred thousand dollars, they're selling me a rate at one, two, three, four, five years maximum. Mm -hmm. of what they think they can access capital for to then sell it to me to make a profit, right? Mm -hmm. So that one-year rate, they're sort of like, okay, we think our access to finance for themselves to then on-lend is roughly around whatever that rate is with a small margin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, they actually lock in their margin because like when they give us the interest rates for someone's loan, they're like, this expires in two days. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, con yes, it's constantly changing. So it's changing. constantly moving. Wow. Yeah, so choosing that, like they're already sort of guaranteeing a certain amount of their margin when they offer them to you. So say I you've presented me some rates for my 600K debt. Mm. I've only really got 48 hours to sort of decide. Normally, yeah. yeah. Or, two, or I'm running or three the risk, days. I'm running the risk that the rate could Depends change. on the environment. Like right now, it's been a lot shorter, like one, two, three days. In the past, I've seen it like, oh, you can have these rates for a week. It'll be sweet. Um, obviously there's a bit of volatility now, so they shorten it up and force you to do it, but that's fine. I just jump on the, on a, into a meeting with the client and we nut it out and talk about it and lock it in and that's it. You wait for the keys for your house. So if we just take it back a few steps, so I've got my 600 GZs in debt. Hmm. What would you be doing? What's like next steps for what you'd talk to me about? I'd be like, well, Luke, since you're a 1% earner and your household income, you're both on 150 K. So you've got $300,000 income. It's very on that? It's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your net income still leaves you <laughs> oh, gotcha. with a substantial amount each week after your loan repayment, minimum loan repayment that will take you thirty years. Mm. Now, remember when we first met that we talked about what it would cost to be do it over twenty years. And we'll talk about how much extra repayment that is and would you like to lock that in? If you if we decide that your current repayment minimum is seven fifty a week, but if we go to nine fifty a week 
It means your loan term comes from you know 30 years down to 17 and a half. That sounds pretty attractive. But once we lock that in, if you want to change it, we can't change it because we're locking it in. And what happens if I'm going to change it? Someone's going to charge me a fee. You'll probably get a break fee, yeah. Break fee. So that's one of the conditions of taking fixed rates is it's fixed rates and fixed repayments. Every bank has sort of different little policies around this. Some banks allow you to increase your repayments by a certain amount. Other banks allow you to make lump sum payments on the fixed portion of lending without paying a break fee. But a general rule of thumb is if you want to break the contract, you'll pay a break fee. Yep. Sheesh, the yep. banks know how to make money, don't they? Yeah, they're pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so have you then presented to me a few scenarios? So you might be like, right, yeah. there's a there's a Luke that wants to fix the 600 Gs for five years. Yeah, well, you, you, you want to fix it for five years and that's fine. I'd be like, okay, just so you understand, if rates do fall off in a year and you want to break them because it goes from seven to four, the break fee will be astronomical. Yeah. So you're okay sleeping with that. And then you have to understand the risks of break fees and when you would want to take them. And I'm just bringing up things that might trigger your emotions in the future. You've triggered me. Yeah. yeah. Now <laughs> because might, if you have to, you know, in 2008 when rates fell from, you know, 11 to 5 or whatever, I heard stories of people taking out lending to pay their break fees. Sheesh. Like $50,000 break fees. So getting it wrong that way, it's probably better just to know that if you're going to lock in a five-year rate, you're happy to write it out if that's the case. Rates might not fall and it might be a win, but we have to balance it. So I'd probably say to you, look, did you know we can split the lending? You can put 200K in one year, 200K in three years, and 200K in five years, and then you're hedged right across the board. Mm. Mm. Okay, and then in a year's time, I'm going to then be able to lock in a new rate for that portion of the debt. So I might be able to then do it over a year again or two years, three, four, five. Exactly. Yeah. Can you do like 18 months? Yep. At some banks, yep. Okay. In yep. six months, yep. And then just before I forget the break fees, mm. are those some sort of calculation from the bank of, no, 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 you signed this contract, we're expecting to earn this level of income, you can get bent and you can pay a portion of it to us. <laughs> yeah, get bent. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Gee, the banks are a good business model. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you agreed. They probably took out the funding on that. You know, you'll own, generally speaking, you'll only pay a break fee if rates are lower than the rate you've got. Like if you're breaking a rate that's 5.5 now and your new rate's 6.5, you'll probably get like a $20 admin fee. I see. If you break the other way, going from 6.5 to 5.5 on a million bucks, you'll probably get a 10 grand break fee. So whatever the... A general sort of guesstimation is whatever the saving and interest would be is how much your break fee will be. Okay. So it basically forces you to write it out. So let's say I decide, you know what, the market's pretty choppy out there. I learned a lot in economics in fifth form. I reckon I've got this pretty down pat. Yeah. I'm going to third it, third it, third it out. One year, three years, and five years. And then six months in, I find out this house sucks. Mm. I don't even want this house. Mm. I might sell it. Buys remorse. And I'm going to buy Heartland Bank shares yeah. with my equity. <laughs> you can do that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is something you would do. <laughs> yeah. So what happens? Did the bank get upset that I've gotten out of my contracts? No emotion. They just make you pay. Okay, so I yeah. might still get a break fee with that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I it depends on what the rates are at the time. You'll have a discharge fee when it goes to the lawyer's office to remove 
like your name and th- their security from that title because another bank might pick it up for the person who's bought it. So that's yeah. all done. Um, you'll have a, a legal fee and then, yeah, potentially some break fees. One thing about break fees is we never know exactly what they are and we don't have access to the data they have. So we can't actually calculate them and the bank calculates them on the day you request them. Oh, okay. So it's always moving sort of thing. Yeah, call it a little bit of a dark art, but you, you can guess a little bit, but basically yeah. it's it's for them and at their discretion. So Okay. Yep. So what are most people doing at the moment or what are some things to sort of watch out for? Um, that what most, most people, people doing at the moment? Not buying houses, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see in March, it was the lowest number of sales of property in New Zealand since 2011. Yeah, I think the first quarter of this year was the lowest amount of sales across the country since 1981. There must be a lot of real estate agents taking holidays in the Bahamas at the moment. That's quite scary because in 1981, the population of New Zealand was like 380, so... 380 people? Yeah, something (laughs) like that. It was not a lot. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's not good. Nah, it's pretty grim out there for the property market it doesn't look like it's getting better either no so so what are most people doing at the moment when they get their debt um or is everybody unique and different very very yeah i think um what i'm commonly hearing people say is there's a certain belief out there in the market that we're probably close to the top of where interest rates are going to land um which is probably like for me to guess, I sort of said seven for fixed rates, and we're pretty much there. We'll get that one on record. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, the belief is is that, you know, you, the average rate over the last 10 years is around five or five and a half or something, and we'll probably head back there. So if you're buying a home to live in and your plan is to do 10 years in it, probably this year and maybe next year or whatever are going to be the highest rate that you might have over the 10-year period. So it's like short-term pain for long-term gain sort of feel. Um, to be honest, man, people don't like the interest rates, but they're not worried about them. Okay. Once you once you lock something in and you've got a set repayment, you make sure, well, when we do a loan application, you've already done the sort of due diligence to make sure you're okay with what the repayments will be mm. and the scenario you're going to put yourself in. So by the time you get there, it's just about locking it in. Most people are just still the same, eh? Excited to get the keys and move in. <laughs> I wonder, this just made me realize from a recent podcast we did around mind traps Hmm. about how banks use anchoring. So the first thing you look at or often see is the floating interest rate. Mm. And you think, wow, that's really high. But then you always hear people say, oh, yeah, but look at the fixed rates. And then you look at them and it's suddenly a floating 8 point something percent is a six point. And you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't feel as bad anymore. And then once you also work out what your repayment amount is, you're probably anchoring, all right, can I afford that? Can my brain come to terms with that and then just get on with it? People don't know, but banks have gangster sales tactics, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, of course. I mean, like in Australia, the floating rate is normally lower than the fixed rates. More people float in Australia, is that right? Because of that, though. Gotcha. Same thing, like the, the anchor is the higher price fixed rate. Okay. You know, so it's like, oh, I'll take the floating rate, it's cheaper, but as a few people in Australia are finding out now, they're getting smoked because they took floating rates and they've just gone up and up and up. Oh, and they didn't fix. Well, tangent. Mm. Tangent, if I may, Mike. It's not like us, mate. Yeah. (laughs) New tactic that's going to replace the OCR. What the Reserve Bank are going to do is they're going to say, everybody has to float. No more fixed rates. And then they can really control the disposable income available to the public. 
This is not factual, nor coming in anytime <laughs> soon. I was going to say, would you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it. It would just blow, the, blow their country to bits, wouldn't it? Um, but we'd probably need some more risk rates. assessment involved. I know we don't take any risk assessments, mate. Just, <laughs> just, just roll, roll it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Adrian, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that idea, actually. But makes it a bit more spicy, eh? Your job might be easier. Like there'd be less kind of... Well, I wouldn't have to do a loan structure meeting, yeah. yeah. Here's your structure. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the rate. Yeah. Imagine that. There's quite a bit of financial advice tied up in the loan structure piece, so my job probably wouldn't exist. Mm. (laughs) This is where you come into your own, you've got to be really good at what you do, right? Yeah, well, like, honestly, floating rates are actually awesome because apart from the actual interest rate being higher than all the other rates on offer, because... You can pay the minimum repayment. You can pay an extra $100 a week. You can get an inheritance because your nana just died and it's 100 grand and you can pay that off and not pay a break fee. Like they're super flexible and have no penalties on anything pretty much. Yeah. But the problem is, is if you're not taking advantage of the flexible parts of it, you're paying at the moment like 8.39% when you can get a fixed rate at, you know, I saw one bank yesterday to 5.99 for three years. Oh, okay. So it's a big difference, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if the extra payments can save you 2.4% yeah. on a, on $600,000, Luke. Yeah. So, yeah, that I really like floating rates. <clears throat> That's when you can be like, if you think like, we'll sit down and it can be, you know, what have you got coming up? And you'll be like, look, I've got to be honest. My nana, she's got a foot in the grave. She's buggered. And I've had yarns with her. She's lost her marbles a bit. But before she did, I know that she was going to give me 180 cheese. It's really nice. Um, I'm an only child, so I'm getting the whole lot. And I'll be like, okay. I'll we be like, you should speak about your nana a bit fucking nicer than yeah. this, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that we either need to, you know, if you think that it's within the next year or so, um, Knowing when someone's going to die and inherit money is a variable, so you don't have an exact mm. time frame. But you might, we might say, look, let's put ha- like half of that amount that you're going to get on floating, so you can pay that off straight away. Yeah, and then then not have a break fee, and then the next part can come off. You know, when your one year fixed portion comes up for renewal, we can lump sum pay that off then, and then refix it. Okay, so, so people need to be thinking about these things because once you've locked it in, it's a little bit too late. Well, it just means that you, you know, if you if you if your nana sends you 180 G's. And you've got a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. You can just pay it off. Yeah. What about? Pay, and but you might just pay a break fee, so it means that it probably isn't the most efficient way to do it. Okay, different situation. Yeah, I've locked in my third, a third, a third. One night, I'm sitting on the couch. Mm. I get a little bit bit itchy to make some extra cash. OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. My picks are going all right. Itchy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good itch. I'm, I'm <laughs> uploading a few. And they're going down, they're being purchased. Good. And so I'm making a bit of coin, mm. making a bit more than what I realized that was even possible. Double down on that and I'm uploading all sorts. <laughs> oh no. Can I ring you? M- millionaire. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Just okay. a stable bit of extra mm-hmm. income and I don't have to wait for Nana to pass away. Mm-hmm. Can I ring you and be like, <laughs> I've, got, I've got debt remorse. <laughs> I need to, A, do I need to tell you where this income came from, but can I do anything at that stage or are you going to say, I'm just going to tell you, hey, Mike, you've come into a little bit of extra cash each week. That's <laughs> yep. a US dollars FY2. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Winner. Yeah. I would know if you said that, that it came from OnlyFans. Okay. 
Um, but no, those transactions are on your card. Once you've got the mortgage or anything, there's no more requirement of. I mean, yeah, there's no more requirement of declaring what your income is and things. Yeah, but if if but can I repay with yeah. my OnlyFans cash? Yeah, even ahead of like I've locked them in. Yeah, if you've locked them in, there's it's different at different banks. Okay, but yeah, basically the banks will let you increase your repayments. Gotcha. Certain c- certain banks only so much. Other banks will say. Uh, save it up and do a lump sum at some point and then once you come up to your refix date we'll change it officially because what happens is you go and sign a 30-year loan agreement right wow and then yeah big commitment and then you come to me in six months and you're like oh i I can pay an extra thousand dollars a week because you know people are buying pictures of my feet that's what i was putting up online yeah yeah feet (laughs) so you've just got this thousand dollars rolling and you want to pay it off your mortgage if you did that it would reduce the like effective loan term down to whatever, I haven't got the calculator in front of me, maybe two, hey, 15 years, cut it in half. But that's not the agreement you signed originally. Yeah. So we'd have to talk to the bank. They'd give us probably an amount that they'd allow us to do without breaking the loan. Um, and then if you wanted to do more than that, then we might have to break it or wait until the fixed term is finished and then shorten the actual total loan term and do new loan documents. Got you. Because I'd yeah. imagine, well, let's step this out. Like banks, ultimately, they want us to have debt for longer because then they're more profitable, right? Like, yeah, honestly. Without putting I, words in the bank's mouth. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think they need to try and do that. Like okay. as society, we're just like, just sweet, like 30 years, yeah, Give payment more. set, done. Yeah, okay. yeah, they don't need to try and like be like, oh no, I want you to stay on a longer term. Yeah, I think so, they're actually regulated against that. Like, so let's say people um, they might get a couple of years into having their debt, mm-hmm. and their lifestyles changed by then. Their incomes have gone up even after tax. They try not to have any lifestyle creep, and they've actually got a little bit of extra coin. Um, how do they? So then, same thing. Speak to their mortgage advisor about trying to pay down their loan a little bit faster, or you know, just because you signed up for thirty years at the start doesn't mean that that needs to be the term of the loan for the thirty years, right? Nah, nah. So, yeah, like life happens, it comes at you, and things change all the time. Mm. And I actually think it's one of the valuable pieces of having a mortgage broker. Yeah, is the stuff that happens after you've bought your house because. I've never had a client that hasn't had life change like within, you know, after five years, something's happened that everything's different. New jobs, new incomes, maybe a kid's popped into the picture and having an advisor to run over the numbers and be like, here's the most effective way to make sure you don't end up in the shit or be debt free earlier. Like, why wouldn't you someone, why wouldn't you want someone that does that day in day out to give you that picture? Yeah, it's a good point because if I just give you another random scenario, hypothetical. Feed, feed me. Okay, so I've hypothetical, brought, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I brought my house. Yeah, I signed up to my debt because I'm about to have a baby, mm. and probably going to call it Joe. Mm-hmm. Go to have the baby. Fucking two pop out. Now I got Joe and Biden. <laughs> I got twins. Shit. I got twins. <laughs> Things just got a lot more expensive in my household. <laughs> They might not be able to talk for a while either. <laughs> what do I do? Like, I'm freaking out. Yeah. My, oh my God, this is way more expensive. I got to sell that pram back. I need to get a double. Yeah. Uh, I'm way out of my depth here. And I've got this mortgage. That'd be heavily stressful. A, has that ever happened? B, not sure why they didn't get the scan done. Uh, and C, <laughs> they ring you. Can you do anything? Um. Well, I mean, 
I would have disclosed in the original application that you guys were pregnant and you would have been able, you would have had to prove that financially you could afford it with, you know, maternity leave and daycare costs and stuff like that. I'd say if if a second one popped out, surely like a second one at that size isn't that more expensive, is it? Really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be stressful for you. Um yeah. but we would you would have already proven to the bank that you could afford to do this oh. while having a kid. So the bank would the bank would have know. the bank would well they would know already, but they just didn't know that you're having two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'd probably say to you, look, this is probably a little bit different. Right now you're gonna be at home with the kid because you've taken maternity leave and you know, Luke's earning so much income over there. That yeah, and he's got OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OnlyFans. He's going to crank up the feet pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it's just about managing it correctly. You're going to have extra daycare costs. And, you know, remember when you said you were going to wait 18 months to have your second baby? That came early, so yeah, speed it up. So also, if um, we've got this loan structured out and... Uh, things change in that time. Do I need to get the bank? Like, do the bank relook at my income at any stage over those thirty years, or explore what might have changed in my life? If we want something from them, oh, okay, yeah. If you're otherwise, like, they're like, no, you're all if good. If you're like, all oh, right, you know, we're gonna build a third bedroom now, or fourth bedroom, because I've already popped out two kids, yeah, um, and we need eighty grand to, you know, knock down the walls and put the new one up or whatever, then. They'll be like, yeah, cool. That's a loan application, new disclosure of income, new updated financial position, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Make sure that it passes their assessment terms. Uh, make sure you're comfortable with the extra cost that it's going to cost you and then fire away. Okay. Another hypothetical situation. Shit, mate. <laughs> I've got my house. I'm worried about what your next five years looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so am I at this rate. <laughs> so am I. I never thought I'd have to go on OnlyFans, but anyway, look, needs must. So have one child and then go back for round two same thing end up with two yeah twins okay but i've learned i've got some equity in my property and my parents always told me put it on the mortgage put it on the mortgage is that still a thing and b if i was said to you rang you and said i'm going to buy a <laughs> toyota esteemer is that what they're called yeah yeah eight seater yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I don't have the money, but I know I've got equity. My family said, put it on the mortgage. Smartest thing to do. Yeah. Is that good advice or is that not? To borrow well, for that vehicle against my mortgage for the next 30 years. It's it's neither good nor bad. Okay. Like if you don't have a car that can carry the amount of children you've just had, <laughs> yeah. then you need one. Then it's probably an acceptable idea to go and borrow a little bit of money to buy a car. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you better teach those little fuckers how to run pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's neither good nor bad. Then it's just about making sure that you use the right type of debt and the, you know, you don't go and take out a 30 year, $30,000 loan for a Toyota <laughs> steamer, you know, like we're, I'm going to be like, let's like, let's max this out at five years. You know, are, they, are they getting like a specific loan for the vehicle or are they topping up the mortgage? Like it, I genuinely will, don't understand. It will be a mortgage. Okay. So if you come to me and I like, I need a car loan, I'll be like, yeah, cool. The most efficient way to do this in terms of interest rate, is a home loan. Because it's the cheapest rate. Because it's the cheapest against rate. Securing property effectively. But it's really important that we just don't go and make it like a $30,000 top up for 30 years. Yeah. We're going to make sure that you pay this off in five. Because you're going to pay a massive amount of interest in that 30-year period. Yeah, yeah, yeah huge. Yeah. Your $30,000 is going to turn into 60. And do most people get that? Like if they come to do renos or they come to put the spa bath in or they put in I the th OnlyFans arena? I think... <laughs> I think... 
people literally just look at the repayment. Yeah. And they don't care <laughs> and they don't care about the loan term or anything like that. And it's our job to make sure they understand the risks of it. Yeah. You know, okay. like you can go into any of the banks. The banks have awesome mortgage calculators. I and don't even have a mortgage and I play with them. Yeah, they're so good, eh? Mm. It's just um, exciting. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow. It just shows you the value of compounding in reverse. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a reverse compound interest calculator. And when you go down the bottom, all of them have like what the total interest you spent over the 30 years is. But then if you increase the repayment, it shows how much that drops and things like that. They're a really good idea to play with. And like truthfully, when we're when I'm getting ready for a loan structure meeting with someone and I've got a fair understanding of which way they're going to go with it, in the background, I'm writing notes using those calculators to work out and show them the numbers of what extra repayments look like. Yeah. And it'd be no different if you're going to buy a Toyota Estima to fill up your, what have you got, quadruplets now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a second relationship. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Moved on from the first hypothetical yeah. situation. So I'd be showing you what those repayments are in like five-year term or three-year term for the for the car loan on home loan interest rates. Yeah. But it would be secured against the house. Okay. So that means that- Not secured I... against the car like a car loan. Hmm. So that hmm. means- if it's secured against a car like a car loan and I fail to pay the loan, they're going to come take the car away eventually. Mm -hmm. However, if I secure it against the home and I fail to repay the car loan, they could potentially come and take say- Take your home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Jeez. other risks involved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it probably takes people a little while to get used to the debt that they have to get their property. And then I'd suggest that, I mean, if it were me, I'd be like, right, I've got used to this now. I've kind of acclimatized to it. I need to start thinking about- tackling this debt yeah. a little bit or increasing my income or making some extra yeah i payments. really encourage people to like it's a great goal to have to own your own home but it shouldn't be a goal to have a 30-year mortgage eh? yeah nice you know like it it's really small bits like 50 dollars a week can make huge differences yeah. so like most people can find 50 dollars a week over their minimum repayment it's yeah. just whether you choose to or not. And, you know, I'd say most, I think so, I say most, I'd say most mortgage advisors would encourage people to do that. Um, and maybe even if you went into the bank, they would probably show you that stuff. But, like, I'm trying to sell you on it. I'm like, this is how much earlier your life can be better. Like, yeah. you don't want to be this age and still have that mortgage. Because you always say no one regrets paying off their mortgage, right? Never met someone who has said to me, shit, I wish I didn't pay that mortgage off early. Yeah. Never. Because everyone asks me, like, oh, should I, I've got extra money. Should I put it in, like, the S&P 500 or Tesla or Bitcoin? And I'm like, yeah, you can if you want. Like, I'm not going to give you advice on it. It's up to you. Uh, but I've never, ever, ever had a conversation with someone who's paid off all their debt and put effort into it and been like, you know what, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. I've never heard it. Yeah. So, Because when are you going to pull that money out of Bitcoin or Tesla or whatever to then know that that's the day like, yeah, great, I turned my 10 grand into 15, now I paid off my mortgage. You're going to be like, ah, oh, hopefully it'll go to 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it gets to 17, oh, hopefully it'll get to 20. Yeah. Yeah. What you end up is... It just goes to zero and then you've just got to pay your mortgage again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also I see people who make additional repayments and then times get hard and they thank their prior self for looking after their future self because they're like, now I've got a buffer. Yeah. It's interesting. I've seen quite a bit of that coming up now. Um, another thing that we're not having at the moment, but as we went from 2019 into 2020 and interest rates went down to 2%, people coming up for that refix period 
we were trying to encourage to keep your repayment the same as when it was on 3.5 last year. So when it was 3.5, you were paying, you know, $700 per week. Now your minimum repayment's only going to be 500. But if you keep paying 700, that 200 buffer that is effectively in there now all goes towards principal. Oh, so, but interest rates have gone up. So what do you mean by minimum repayments? Well, lower? now, oh, but from 2019 to 2020, oh, we had the big drop gotcha. and I encourage everyone to stay on their current repayment, even oh, though the rate had gone down. Nice. And they could take a lower repayment if they wanted to. But this has built them a buffer. Yeah, and now, now they've, you know, $200 a, a week is, well, compounded with the interest. $10,400 a year. But more than that, but yeah. after how much extra would have been paid off. Yeah, true. Yeah. Interest, I see what you mean. Yeah. Wow, so they've brought themselves a huge um, piece Massive. of flexibility yeah. if, they get strike, if they start to struggle with higher interest rates. Yeah, and the same goes now when interest rates are going up and they're like, if I was on a 20-year term, can I stretch it back out to a 30 and like, I kind of want to see pretty good reasons for that. Because mm. um, if you can afford to keep it on a 20, you'll thank yourself later. Yeah. Rather than pushing it back to a 30, going onto a higher rate, and then, you know, having to start from scratch effectively. Yeah. So no one's stoked to extend their mortgage by 10 years, are they? No, but we, I do think that we do it blase in the moment. Yeah. And not thinking about like, Mikey when he's 50 or or Luke you'll have like 38 kids by then so and grandkids yeah but the only fans would have taken off yeah (laughs) might have been banned by then yeah (laughs) yeah wow okay so this really highlights the value of working with financial advisor a mortgage advisor I I really and I think challenge your brokers too like we do it day in day out and a lot of people we deal with like I have a set basically amount of things that we're regulated on that we have to talk to you about but i think just just challenge and ask questions and they should know everything um but it's a lot of the time it is pretty cookie cutter and i'll i'll try and push you on stuff as well yeah like can you can you do that extra 50 yeah i know you can and i'd imagine too like say i set my rates in it's a little bit like when i'm investing i don't want to be logging in every day trying to figure out well what's the rate now and it's mm. like oh i could have got a better rate and you're never going to know when the next major black swan is around the corner and i guess the danger a little bit of understanding a little bit more about economics is that you're then probably <laughs> and the ocr and how interest rates come to be calculated mm. you're now a little bit dangerous because you've got enough education where you can be frustrated by yeah, changes whereas if you're completely naive you're probably like oh, i don't even fucking know what rate i'm paying or in, how that comes about in like november 2019 i think you could get like a fixed rate of 2.95 we forget that like that was before COVID hit and rates dropped yeah that's some cheap and it, there are a lot of people that were taking like you know like this is the bottom of the rate cycle people were taking you know four and five year fixed rates from then for 3.79 3.99 and then like six months later, you can get 2.99 for five years. Yeah. So you just, no matter how much or how intertwined you get with the markets and how much you think they understand them, they will humble you. Mm. Yeah, It happens in every form of market. So yeah, you're better. I, I had this even with buying a term deposit. I'm yeah. like, I'll wait till the OCR goes up. I wait for the OCR to go up and it's like banks didn't jig the OCR, <laughs> I mean the term deposit rates. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. So then I buy the... Turn deposit rate a week later, it's like TD rates have gone up. I'm like, what? Adrian was two weeks ago. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And then you just missed out on like the four weeks worth of interest anyway. And yeah. So, so 
you're better to build a solid plan of okay, how are you actually going to increase your income to decrease the length of this loan? I'd imagine. Yeah, hundred percent. Like action will always outweigh uh, guesstimation of yeah, being the best. Exactly, because yeah. like I said at the start, you can't. If you think about a thirty-year mortgage, you're not going to get every interest rate pick right. You might get a few, but what you can control is you taking action and making sure you pay more of it off. Rightio, mate. Well, that has been a fascinating deep dive into the perfect loan structure that doesn't actually exist, but yeah. definitely got the people listening. Yeah, well, I'm going to go and start a OnlyFans account now. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> i got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so I might have to load up some picks. Yeah, good. It could be embarrassing if they don't sell. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll find a different plan. Thank you, mate, for the look into that. As always, very quality information. Uh, if anyone needs a hand with this stuff, speak to Guardian Smith. Or your own advisor, I'm sure Mike is not going to mind. He just cares about people learning this stuff and actually getting themselves into a better position and not having to be a slave to the banks for 30 years that he signed up for. That's the way. Done.